Well, welcome to Hot Topic. Uh, I'm Pete G, and um, tonight I'm talking to Helene Judge, the co-owner of the Capity Food Fair, um, held every year, as you know, at the Mazengarb Reserve in Paraparamu. And the date this year is Saturday the 4th of December, running from 10am to 4pm. So welcome to the programme, Helene. It's really nice to catch up with you again. Oh, kia ora, Peter. Great to be and here. And I would imagine that, as usual, at this time of the year, apart from getting a little bit nervous, you're absolutely frantic. Yes, it's right. It's getting right up there as to the work volume, you know, the mahi that we're doing. Right, right. So um, just running through the, um, well, we'll start at the beginning. Um, basically, um, the cost to get into the venue? Oh, so we're, it's $10 for an adult and it's half price for anybody with a gold card or a student ID. Right. And then anybody up to 16 years old is free. Okay. And I noticed that um, you're also selling shopping bags. We do. So that's that's our own jute shopping bag that we've had branded. Mm. And we sell them. They're a good size uh, and they're $2. Okay. Uh, we don't sell them online. We just sell them as you arrive on the day. Right. And you've got parking across the road, I think. Is that right? Well, we actually take over the whole reserve. Oh, right. The whole amazing okay. reserve. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the council open up lots of parts of it. It's all mowed. Um, we also have parking on the field, either side of the actual site map of the fair. Right. And the Kapiti Rotary team, who are one of our very big logistics partners, they mm. manage all of that. Okay. So once they come off Mazinga Road and through the Higgins event management, sort of traffic management site, uh, then Rotary takes over and makes sure everything stays orderly. And we've got a one-way sort of system, so one right. way in, one way out. Okay. Well, that makes it easy, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. particularly yeah. when you're dealing with the num- the volume of people, um, yep. whether they're walking on their bike, whether they're in their car, whether they're in the free bus that's coming from the railway station. Um, there's a lot of traffic and a lot of people, a lot mm. of volume coming in and out. Just talking about numbers, um, <clears throat> we're looking at something around 20,000 visitors. That's phenomenal, isn't that's, it? That's on a good day. Yeah. And we have, in fact, every year we buy the weather report, and we've just bought that now, and it is looking a good day. And so that will pull out even more people because a lot of people, because we do have the ability to buy your ticket online and people are doing that now. Um, however, a lot of people, because of the low pr- entry price, they'll often wait until, you know, the day or two before to decide whether they're coming. Right, right. So number of vendors on site? We've got 250. That's very good. Yeah, we're full. We're yeah. full. We can't take any more. Right. <laughs> We've got a and wait list. <laughs> progressively, you have been increasing that over the last, well, for the last few years, haven't you? We have, but yeah. um, back in 2019, we needed to cap it. And the reason for that was because our resource consent for use, um, you know, for running the fair at the reserve, um, it requires us to cap it at that because then we know the the footprint of the actual site map and then we know we've got plenty of room on the sides for yep. additional car parking right. and that's important. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And car parking is how much? Uh, well, that's gold coin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that's very good. Okay, so um, breaking it down into little areas, um, categories, what, what have you got there? So how we break it down, and it's just so we can be a little bit sort of strategic and thinking forward for the future, is we break it into either a packaged product 
or a ready-to-eat product. Yep. And so ready-to-eat is like all the food trucks, the food trailers, uh, the vendors that also operate under gazebo, and they're cooking up yummy, yummy, yum, you know, yummy delicacies, yep. and then people are purchasing that on the day and generally eating it right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once they've tried that yummy morsel, often they move on and they find something else and, and they eat through, you know, another product. Mm. That brings to mind a, um, a quick little question. If they're doing that, is there is there any area where they can actually sit while they're while they're eating? You've so got, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got yeah. lots of spots. We've got the this year we've got the big Mike Pero dining hall. So Mike Pero is one of our new sponsors. Right. And that's a big stretch tent, and it's just set up like a you know big long trestle tables, and it's there for people to sit down. And then dotted all around the fair, there is other. Uh, gazebo areas where there are chairs where people can sit down. We also have another chairs, tables and umbrella type area uh, in front of the the kids zone because a lot of parents will often want to sit and just sort of hang out while their kids are playing in there. And then also we have the zeal zone which is another big performance area and this year we've got a big uh, circus apparatus in there. And that's also got a number of chairs and tables and umbrellas. Right. And then obviously in the Tuatara Bar, that's a massive area. It's about 25 square metres anchored by a a huge stage um, where our performers will be this year. And that also has uh, a lot of chairs, a lot of uh, tables. We've got a big stretch tent and, you know, there's drum leaners. There's all sorts of, Mm. yeah. So it's... We're quite well equipped for that, um, but also because we are on grass and on a good day, um, we encourage people if they want to bring their own picnic chair or if they want to bring their own picnic blanket, then they can do that as well. Yeah, no, that's there's excellent. plenty of trees and grass to stretch stretch out on. Mm. And you've got an MC this year, someone we all know quite well. Yes, so Corin Crisp. Yeah. Um, and Corin's actually in performing in the Mary Poppins yes, um, show. Yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's, I've, I've been, and it's a wonderful show. I know they've sold out, um, which is sad if you did want to go. Um, but he's playing the... Um, the banker. The banker, mm. chairman of the bank. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So uh, we have a big PA system that comes in now from a company, um, an event company from Fielding, actually, that come in and install that. And it's got three or four big, massive speakers, and it literally projects out over the fair footprint. So he can... Uh, uh, you know, announce out, you know, lost children, you know, hopefully you don't have too many of those, but, you know, lost bags or lost, lost anything, um, or, you know, you need to meet somebody or he can announce, um, you know, acts coming up on the stage, things happening down in the zeal zone. Um, and also new this year, we have a, another stage called the Kapiti Kitchen stage. So we'll have three different lots of local, um, chefs and people performing in there as well. Okay. So yeah. we give them we give them lots of information and we give them free reign to um, just do it. Right. Yeah. Um, was it two years ago you had a feature, Nikki Sundin, I think, yes. came. And, um, and then last year, I don't think there was actually a feature, was there? Or, um... No, we had, we, we, because of being COVID, mm. you know, it's been a very unusual one year last, you know, 2020 and now continuing yeah. into this year as well. Yeah. So we had to pull back and we actually had to sort of re-divert money because we don't have an endless bottomless pit. We are a privately owned and run event. We actually lost money last year. 
and um, and some of that there was a variety of reasons, but um, weather probably played a big part in yeah. that. Yeah. And there was also a very big grass fire that happened down in Mana. Um, and there was also a very big lane changeover down um, at the bottom, um, sort of near Paikakariki, you know, as you're entering onto Mackay's Crossing. Right. And it they, traffic, it was yeah. huge. It was yeah. hours. A lot of people just turned around and didn't, didn't arrive. Um, so fortunately, the fair, um, you know, we're a separate entity and we were um, entitled to apply for the COVID small business loan. So we applied for that and that just covered our loss. So, you know, this year we're, <laughs> we've got to try and, you know, recoup that. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, That's a big and, ask, isn't and it? And pay that back. Yeah. We've got five years to pay that back. Yeah. Or two years interest free and then, you know, five years at, I think it's 3%. Right. So we need to be mindful of that. So you've got fingers and toes crossed this year, haven't you? We have. Yeah. And and it's a very interesting time because uh, Alert Level 2 has, uh, last week the government made uh, a new change with that. So And there's a bit of a grey area. And so now what we're doing is we're talking with Kabaddi Coast District Council because uh, any venue can actually operate you know, you're not restricted to that 100 cap anymore. You can have unlimited guests, and that can be indoors and outdoors, right. as long as your venue is an event venue. And um, you can, and, and then you've just got to make sure that there's one metre social distancing. Uh, attendees are encouraged to wear masks. Um, we need to have lots of sanitizer and good signage and all of that sort of thing, which right. we do. Um, however, and we and we believe the Maisengarb Reserve is an event venue because it has its own QR code and it's used extensively for sport. Mm. And we know, for example, over in Upper Hutt that the uh, the Speedway is is going to be operating their summer um, race program. Uh, an alert level two, and we know they've talked out to all of their vendors who will be working there, and and they're doing it because they are an event venue. Yes. So we need to um, talk with our own council to see if we can sort of align up with that and whether there's there's commitment. There's one little grey area though in the government's rules, and that is if you're a music event, um, or if you the one of the other examples they get if you're a marathon event, for example or a parade um, happening in a park, then you're restricted to 100 people. Really? Okay. Yes, and so that's obviously being very mindful of big events, particularly big music-type festivals and potentially events like ours that could be super spreaders. Mm. And, you know, who wants to be in that area? So we're having to sort of think about, you know, all of that, um, and also we're waiting for... Uh, the uh, the vaccination certificate, whether they're going to make that mandatory for entry into uh, large major events. Um, and then it, there is a bit, of, bit more complexity because we're not a fully ticketed event. We're, we're, we sort of run like a community event in that people can just turn up on the day mm. and they can pay cash or FPOS to get in. So there's, as you can hear, there's mm. quite a lot of complexity um, well, the vaccination well, certificate, for one, I mean, they haven't even decided if they're going to do that. Yes, and um, how and they're if, going to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're running out of time. 
That's you know? right. And so, yeah. and and if they yeah. make that a condition, mm. then it's mm. it's not going to be a good look, not mm. not just for you, but for anybody that's yeah. doing this kind of thing. So the the government is particularly interested in getting the summer event program going. Mm. So technically, summer starts on one December. We're on the fourth of December, yeah, so right. we're first right cab off the, the rank, yeah. which makes it more complex. Mm. However, some of the very big uh, music festivals that go on are in January, so they may push out the compliance date on something like that. Um, we hoped that we would hear a bit more detail yesterday, um, but we didn't. Mm, so and did the so South we, Island. They thought the I same know, thing. I know, I <laughs> know. You know, oh gosh. And so, and then once we do, if we do get to level one, you know, then what is that going to look like? Because they might slightly alter the terms of that, like what they've done with alert mm, level with two Auckland, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, too many grey areas, isn't there? Yeah, so oh, the message is, yeah, the yeah. message is really, really, really clear from our perspective. It's about, you know, get vaccinated and it's for you, your whānau and your community. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, no, that that, um, that rule about the 100, I thought that that was actually pertaining to enclosed venue situations and none of yours is. Yeah, is it's it? indoors yeah. and outdoors now. So they is have sort the of, whole thing? they've yeah. slightly loosened that up. Yeah. Um, you know, like driving here, I noticed that the Women's Expo, which happens early in November at Southwoods, you know, all of their signs are up now, and so I'm actually going to give them a ring later today. Yeah. And because, you know, they'll be achieving a lot more than 100 people that will go through oh, that event. Yes, definitely. However, they fit within the new criteria. Right. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's good. So the... Um you mentioned about the Zeal Zone and the Tuatara Bar and Stage. Now, you're, you do have a featured artist this year, and perhaps you'd like to tell me about her. So, yes, we've got uh, Jodie Doreen. So Jodie Doreen is a, uh, a young uh, country woman, you know, country music star in New Zealand. Um, she is based, I think she was born around Wanaka Way. Uh, she's based in Christchurch. She was a final. How we sort of got on to her was that she was a finalist in the New Zealand Country Music Awards, and there was um, uh, three finalists. One was Tammy Nielsen, actually, and Tammy Nielsen, okay. you know, she's an amazing woman as well, and she she actually took that award out this year. But Jodie's won a lot of other um, uh, awards, um, uh, the AMA Tui Awards, you know, which are big in the country music scene. She's in her early 30s. Um, she has really conquered the Australian country music scene. Right. And she's also very well known in New Zealand, but possibly not as well known in the North Island as, say, as what she is in the South Island. Okay. She's uh, wonderful to deal with. Uh, she has... She doesn't actually have a manager. She manages herself. Her mm. band is a four-piece, including her. And she, uh, back in 2020, she released a new album called Smoking Ashes. And so that's when I um, sort of cottoned on to her. And that was actually through radio, through Radio New Zealand. Oh, yes. And they did a big feature on the Country Music Awards. And so we just looked into her and thought, gosh, she would be perfect for our event mm. because her following is our, t- is our sort of target very good. Visitor. Yeah. You know, yeah. that woman, you know, aged from 25 to 55, mm. who bring their tribe mm. to the True. fair. That's who follows her. She's got a very big following. Mm. And so, uh, and her new album is, is just wonderful. It's out there. She describes herself as a pop country artist. Great. And, yeah, super great. 
So you have some um, some other acts, um, time, and I see they're in um, time slots during yes. during the day. Can you tell me anything about the people you've got coming up? So what we've done is we've looked then hard around uh, locally and also within the Wellington region to get three uh, support acts that work well in building up to Jody, who will be on the stage at 2.30 uh, right. until 4. So the first band is a, is a sort of an indie folk band called In the Shallows. And um, again, you know, one of their band, beautiful woman, um, front person, beautiful voice, uh, one of her... Um, uh, one of the members of the band is actually from Fur Patrol. Uh, oh, right. And so they've got a lovely, lovely sound. So um, sort of pop folk. Um, and they're on at 10. They're super excited. They're coming up from Wellington. Then we have Seaside Sloths, and they're a local band. And th- Good uh, name, I Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we actually put out some media about this yesterday, and... Um, seaside sloths are really interesting because they, they sort of dress up for the occasion and they wear ma- interesting masks. Um, they're a hip-hop dance type band and they they also have this very cool thing in that 10% of all their profits from their streaming and their live shows goes into um, their foundation called the Sloth Conservation Foundation and that supports the goal of tackling problems with with animals, so um, animals in the wild. Yes, okay. So that's, again, the super cool um, hip-hop dance type band. Great. Then uh, between 11.30 and, um, sorry, between 1 and 2, we have the Julie Lamb outfit, and they have a pretty cool uh, byline too because they call themselves Kick-Ass Funky Pop. So hopefully that's okay to say on the radio. Um, but they are a big band and they're a sort of a real mix of jazz, you know, classic rock. Um, but this f- funky pop, you know, comes up as well. And um, they're real groovers and they, uh, I think they're an eight piece and they have a lot of, um, a uh, lot of horn, a lot of brass in their band, and it's awesome. I've heard them before. Um, I think I heard them, uh, they were on one of the big stages for New Year uh, down on the waterfront in Wellington. Okay. And yeah. so they're coming up, and they're super excited as well. Great. So um, you've ordered the weather. Yes. Um, <laughs> you've got all the fingers and toes crossed. Now, if the worst does happen, and this COVID thing decides to take a nasty U-turn with us, what happens with the people that have actually paid up and their money? What? So we've, our policy is, is that if we have to cancel because of COVID, uh, every everybody that's bought a ticket, they can either be refunded, you know, 100% refund, or they can transfer their fee, um, their ticket price through to the 2022 event, which is on the 3rd of December next year. Okay. And that's easy peasy for us to do for that transaction yeah. to happen online. Um, and if you do look at, you know, big events that are being cancelled, many people um, do just transfer it through. Makes um, sense to do that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and it's a gesture of faith too, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and but like with our vendors, so our, all our vendors have um, paid up as well. Uh, so what we say to th- what we would be saying to them is, we can either transfer your fee through till next year, um, or we'll return seventy five percent of your 
booked fee because right. obviously a lot of um, particularly promotion uh, we spend a lot of um, time uh, socially promoting all of our vendors uh, to to visitors oh, as well sure. and yeah. and that's been happening you know pretty much from the moment they pay yes. we start promoting them yeah no fair and enough yeah so we give them back so hopefully if if the worst case scenario happened again we'd just transfer their fee to next year right and again that pretty much you know if you look at any other big food events that's that's what goes on yeah. as well I had a thought this morning driving up here from Lower Hutt to do this interview and looking longingly at that new stretch of tarmac called Transmission Gully and thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if Transmission Gully actually opened just yeah. before yeah. your day? Yes. Um, that would be a blessing from yeah. up there. <laughs> so we did give them a ring and suggest that it would be really great. Well. Um, you know, it was going to happen, wasn't it? You know, it yeah. was meant to be open by the 30th of September. Well, so we've thinking, now passed that. Yeah, well, I was kind of thinking it would be a really good incentive for people from Wellington to take mm. the opportunity to use the road for mm. the first time and have a point of destination, the Cavity mm. Food Fair. Why not? That's and right. then 20,000 would probably go to uh, 50,000. Yes. You know? um, so we, when we sat down and briefed our graphic designer earlier in the year for all of our collateral, yeah. we talked about Transmission Gully because we were hoping that we were going to be able to incorporate some of that. You know, my whole thing on that was, look, just try and demonstrate how they can just wish up that new Transmission Gully mm. and get to Kapiti real quick and have this most amazing day out at the Kapiti Food Fair. Uh, so we had to pull back on that, obviously. And, you know, it's anyone's guess as to when that will happen, but I, our view is, is that it won't happen before Christmas. It's no, likely to be more in 2022. They're kind of like covering their tracks to the point where they're saying that that's probably... I mean, there's still an awful lot of activity going on. You come mm. through Patanui and, mm. and every... You know, we, we come up here every week to do the show and every time we come there's a, a new route through mm. you know road, bits of road that have been today it was a, the um the two roundabouts have now been um made one big one. Oh wow and, and so there's there's definitely things you know you, for a long time you couldn't see anything that was going on much but now mm. it's pretty obvious that the finishing touches are going in there mm. and they got the signage up you know, going up the hill yeah. and all the uh, arm car and all that kind of stuff. So that's exciting, it's, isn't it? Well, it is because we see it every you know every mm. week, and you mm. can see the changes. And and probably someone that doesn't mm. go that route or something like that would think, what are they doing? You mm. know, but but now it's um, it's tantalisingly close, isn't it? Yes, you know, can't wait. But um, but as far as this is concerned, um, yeah, it's. Every year it's a huge amount of work and the COVID thing has kind of like tried two years in a row to put a spanner in the, in the works. Mm. And um, It's hugely challenging and yeah. it's hugely expensive. Yeah. Um, like at the moment we're just having to commit money because you have to, because mm. there's certain things you have to do. Um, and, yeah, we just have to sort of hope and pray that we can get there. Mm. And that on the day we get a huge number of visitors that do come and that we can come out of it at the end and also breathe a sigh of relief financially as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing the thing is, as far as um, Capity is concerned, it's something that 
the whole event has become so much a part of the area to have these problems get in the road. The people must be feeling for you as well, you know, um, and to know that that supports yeah. there at least. Exactly. Uh, I mean, tangibly it doesn't change anything, but it's nice mm. to know that it's there. Mm. Um, and visit, people do want to get out. Yeah. They they do want to look forward to something. We all know Christmas is coming. It's going to be warm. It's going to be sunny. You know, it is a traditional time where we all like to slow down and reflect a little bit. That's right. And during that time, we want to spend time with the people that we love, and we want to get out and have fun. Yeah, that's and right. And so there's been a lot of opportunities that we haven't been able to do that. Mm. Um, you know, with events not being, ha- you know, not happening. So we do know that we've, we feel as if we've got a social responsibility to Absolutely. get out and keep these things working as well. Yeah. Well, that's great, um, Helene. And once again, thanks very much for coming in and on behalf of Coast Access Radio and myself and my wife. I'd like to say good luck and we will be there. Um, we haven't been the last two years. I, I can't remember what happened. I think maybe last year it was the weather. Um, but we like you. Um, are really looking forward yeah. to it and we best of luck. Brilliant. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you. That was Helene Judge, uh, co-owner of the uh, Capity Food Fair, talking about this year's um, food fair coming up in December. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to Sam Baker, um, our friend from Weta, and he's just purchased, uh, purchased a new um, Tesla 3. So this weekend, I'm going for a bit of a spin on that, and we'll see um, what develops from that road test. Uh, so that's our show for this week and look forward to catching you back here at the same time next week. Jesus Christ.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.